Blog Talk Radio. Mr. Pop. The views and opinions of this show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this network and its affiliates. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Audible. Audible. Uh, you got myself, KT, Ben here tonight. Uh, Bernard couldn't make it this evening. Unfortunately, he's driving on the road, but he said he would be listening to this. But hey, thank you. Monday, start of the week. Uh, we had a lot happen this weekend. Saturday and Sunday were jam-packed with a lot of games. And, um, you know, there were some results there. We got to see Legend Mode happen. We got to see some big plays, some big moments. We got to see some 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 questionable calls, right? Um, and overall, got to enjoy uh, the weekend. We got to see some stellar, stellar, stellar um, production today. Uh, or sorry, production that this weekend with some of the new features with the SFL uh, transitioning into post-game shows, uh, transitioning to halftime shows, transitioning from one game to another uh, once one game was over and made it very seamless and smooth. So I think it was an amazing job. Um, How'd you guys think about this weekend, uh, and how'd you feel like uh, everything that you saw on TV? Uh, what's your thoughts? It was it was cool. It was you know, the, the first game I watched was you know that the Baltimore game and the seamless like you said in the halftime and then they had the live look in and then a post game show. It was just a really cool weekend and it's kind of like we talked about this a couple weeks ago about how you know this was the evolution of the league. We kind of saw this beginning of this evolution of the SFL this weekend. Yeah, definitely. What about you, Ben? Uh, yeah, I, I, I keep saying it, and I'll keep saying it. Um, the production this week uh, by the league was absolutely phenomenal. I was not expecting the, you know, halftime show, post-game show stuff. So that, that added a lot of depth to the coverage, which I thought was really awesome to see. And then the game breaks, too, which were really cool. It just gave that kind of authentic feel of a real-life game going on, even though it's a simulation league. Um, yeah, but uh, all the games are really interesting to watch. Um, there were a couple of shockers, I thought. But uh, we'll get into that in a few minutes. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I, I think that's just the biggest, like, I, I always talk about, um, like, how we grow every season, right? I started season 14, and from season 14 to season 16, it has been just growth after growth after growth from production, uh, from just everything, all aspects of it. It's just been amazing. And, um you know, to make a game from 2008 look that damn good on TV, uh, give transitions and make it feel exciting. Like you saw the touchdowns, the animation inside of the um, inside of the bar, right, in the ticker. Um, mm. It would say touchdown and everything. It just felt like such a uniformed and smooth situation that it, it took the game to a whole nother level. So uh, thank you again to Cam and uh, Mike St. Green. Uh, for providing, you know, content in between and making it very seamless and making it very smooth with the SFL day. And it felt like what you would normally see on the NFL, right? It's like from one game to another game to another game, um, and you, you get the transitions and everything, so I think it's pretty awesome. So, uh, But, again, uh, before we get started, guys, remember you can go ahead and call into the show. 
uh, phone number is 516-418-5467. Or you can, if you're on the Discord, if you're listening on the Discord as well, uh, you can go ahead into chat uh, in the live show and uh, go ahead and uh, put, you know, conversate, put your questions there, responses, or any of the case may be. Or if, if you're not into Discord, go ahead and you can find us on Discord inside the league uh, as well. But uh, go ahead, Ben. Let's uh, go through the games and, uh, and and see what were the results. Yeah, so the first game I have on the scores is Denver. Denver traveling to Sioux Falls. I thought this was going to be a shootout, a very close shootout, but it ended up not being the case as Denver went in and rolled uh, 33-7. This is probably the most shocking score of the weekend for me. Uh, Just Sioux Falls, I don't know. They just did not come to play in this game. A bit concerning uh, for the back-to-back, not chance, but going to the championship uh, twice in a row now. Uh, The next game, we had a lot of trash talk in the gen chat for this game. Evan Arthur's uh, saying Brett Killian wouldn't do anything in this game. However, that was not the case. Vancouver winning 45-34 to over Louisiana. Uh, this is actually the shootout of the week. Um, you know, really great play by Kendra Hall in her debut. Caught a touchdown and had over 150 yards, so kudos to her. Um, next, we got Charleston um, in Mexico City. Charleston winning at home 30-17, to starting the season off right. Um, I think this is a very good uh, beginning for them. Um, last year, they obviously struggled, so getting a win right out of the gate um, is very key for them. Um, next, we have Florida, uh, the Florida Storm versus Lone Star Glory. Lone Star Glory winning 45-23. Greg Soto with over 100 yards, and Ike McBride scored three touchdowns in this game. Um, Jacksonville beat Houston 27-13. to Baltimore beating Arizona 27-21. Arizona was in this game the entire way, uh, but just couldn't get there at the end. Uh, Queen City uh, versus Fort Worth. Uh, Queen City winning 17-14. And then we have St. Louis traveling to Portland. Um, Portland jumped out to an early 13-0 lead, but uh, Christian Brown, who struggled to start the game, he was throwing interceptions, a lot of sacks. Um, really showed up in the second half, had almost 300 yards passing, and Igo Mondavi, 13 receptions, 153 yards, and a touchdown, Louisiana, uh, St. Louis winning 20-16. Um, this is probably uh, my second shocker of the week, Carolina only scoring 10 points against a Las Vegas team who, you know, lost their uh, Tom Rahman and his uh, children in the offseason. Um, to uh, Los Angeles, and Carolina had a lot of great additions, but they couldn't pull through in this game. Um, Then uh, Atlanta versus Tulsa. Atlanta, uh, you know, there was a prediction out there that they would go 2-10 this year. Well, I don't think that's the case because they win 44-17. I mean, they would have to lose uh, the next uh, 10 out of 11 games, which I don't think is going to happen. Uh, London getting a huge victory against D.C. in D.C.'s first game uh, franchise. Uh, London winning 20-10. to 10. And uh, my prediction was kind of wrong in this game um, because uh, Jack Lewis kicks the game-winning field goal um, to give them the two-score lead um, there. Uh, and then the last game and final game of the week, uh, the San Diego Mavericks travel to Los Angeles. Los Angeles winning 31-17. to 17. Um San Diego in their first game, they struggled running the ball. Jaden Wells 
uh, did not run well, and they had to throw over 50 times. And it was just it was crazy to watch. Uh, they they only they didn't score a touchdown all game. They had a safety and then five field goals. So it will be interesting to see how San Diego responds next week with that offense not scoring a touchdown. But those are your games, folks. Now let's hear what you guys think. So, KT, go ahead. You you get started, man. I, I want to hear your thoughts first before I start. <laughs> Um, I'm going to say, and you know, Ben knows this, I have like a womp womp game of the week. And that, for me, was Fort Worth, Queen City. Fort Worth had this game won. Fort Worth dominated this game. The tail end of the second half is when Queen City made their run. Also, Queen City's 100th uh, franchise win. So congratulations to Queen City for that. That was my womp womp game for Fort Worth because they really should have won that game. It was, it was in their hands, and they kind of squandered away. Um Denver, and I think on the show last week, I talked about how Denver had something to prove going through the season after having such a strong season last year and with the way they were knocked out of the playoffs. I think they made a statement in this game against Sioux Falls and let the league know that we're going to do the same thing again, and this time we're we're going for your hearts every single week in order to make up for that. And my last game I want to talk about is Atlanta. As uh, Ben mentioned, 2-10 was the prediction. Atlanta saw that prediction, 44-17. I think Atlanta had something to prove. Uh, BDG Hollywood, uh, early MVP candidate by far, over 200 yards uh, rushing. That was a masterful game that Atlanta plays. I think Atlanta and Denver after week one look to be the best teams in the league right now. Yeah, so I think, again, there was a couple things that happened that really showed, like, one, Atlanta, right? What show what what I saw on there was a team that when all cylinders are running, BDG Hollywood, everybody kind of playing that that role. Uh, Atlanta's dangerous, right? And again, like Tyler said, hey, look, you know, prove me otherwise, right? Like he told him, like I might not know everything, I may not be a hundred percent right, um, but. You know, this is how I feel it happened. You can kind of see why nobody has betted against Atlanta, because Atlanta has weapons, has people who can really do damage, and we saw that in that game. So I thought that was a, honestly a huge statement. Um, I don't know if I would say there was really a womp womp game. Um, not one that stands out to me. Maybe the Houston game, Houston Hyenas versus Jacksonville, uh, you know, I think maybe that was the one that kind of, I think, if I remember correctly, that game was playing with something else, and I think I watched the other one just because it was a little bit more entertaining, which I want to say was the London and D.C. game. I could be wrong. Um, And you know what? I was actually excited. I was happy to see the D.C. versus London game. I thought that was actually pretty competitive for a little bit, you know. Uh, Yeah, London came out strong at first, but D.C. came with some hits. There's that one point where it was a one-score game until, again, they, they did it again and, and kicked the field goal and made it where it was a little bit difficult. But I still found, found that pretty entertaining. I found most games entertaining. I thought the game with Baltimore and Arizona, I felt like Arizona honestly made themselves look really good this season. Like the whole game, the excitement, everybody coming together, 
I think Arizona really gave themselves an opportunity to be like, yo, you need to recognize. And you see the growth. And that's the, the crazy part about this league is when you see the growth. I've seen, a, I've seen Arizona now for going on the third season, right, that I've seen them grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. And it's, it's awesome. It shows the work and the dedication that that front office puts in with the owner. And it shows a lot of the belief of the folks that are in that team to stay with Eddie to allow him to build the build that he feels is best for Arizona and then coming together. And, yes, even though they didn't win it, I mean, they gave up a hell of a game. And for the most part, they were they were making, you know, Baltimore look a little bit bad. But, you know, again, as a championship team, uh, they kept it, they kept it uh, solid, you know, kept it very consistent and ended up winning that. The Louisiana and – Vancouver game, it was a shocker to me. I, you know, Louisiana is a team that I, I always considered a very, very dangerous squad. Okay, but for some reason it wasn't clicking in the way that they normally have. So you know, it wasn't the the Louisiana we normally see in Vancouver was a Vancouver team I I've never seen in my life. They probably saw red. Because they were like, oh, y'all going to talk smack, and you're going to go ahead and make XYZ happen, and they came out, and Vancouver made themselves look very dangerous. Vancouver made it be like, okay, you, we really going to have a, 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 a fight, and I, I, exciting to see, you know, what if it's Denver and Vancouver this year in the championship? That would be an interesting game to watch because, again, what I saw from this game uh, – was just pure pure dominance in those games. And, um, yeah, I think those are the ones that really stood out uh, for us. And then, you know, not to talk about our own game, but, you know, to see the team come together um, and have some of the rookies really contribute. Uh, you know, Leo Morris got his first interception. Uh, ben, you got some catches. KT, you were in a couple tackles, right? Like, to see everybody really come together and play. And me having the the – Almost touchdown that we won't talk about, but um, Rob, Rob, rest sixty-two. I think again, he ne- again, he needs to be fired. <laughs> <laughs> again, at the end of the day, though, it is. Um, it was very. It was so good to watch every single game, and they were all very exciting in their own light. Right? Yeah, some less than others, but at the end of the day, I'm gonna tell you, I've. And this is me being honest. I never used to always sit through everybody's game, okay? Just because, like, it, it was just, like, kind of inconsistent. You would have a schedule, but then, you know, you had to click on this link or you had to do this and that. And this time around, I felt like it was a little bit more so seamless that it was easy to watch the game. It was easy for me to run into the next game and run into the next because of the transition, you know, transition to the, to the, to the halftime, position into the – to the post-game show, you know, then transition into the next game of the game. If, if that game was over early and it went into the game that was after, it was so seamless and smooth. I felt like I got to enjoy all the games at, on one on one platform. So if, if it's like this, you know, I could see viewership making it very easy and it felt like a, a NFL Sunday have you where you get to watch all these games simultaneously and get to watch multiple games at different times. So really cool stuff. Uh, what did you guys feel like was the biggest surprises? You can go first, Ben. Uh, let me see. Uh, I thought I thought Carolina only scoring ten points. That was one of my biggest surprises. 
the amount of talent they got and they go into Las Vegas and don't score more than 20. That was a bit shocking to me. And as I said before, Sioux Falls, I thought they were going to, you know, keep up with Denver, be able to keep up with them. They could not. I mean, it was like 33 to nothing, and they scored a late touchdown. Um, So those those are my two biggest surprises right there. Yeah. Yeah, I have to to kind of piggyback on what – on what you Nelson was talk, were talking about about Arizona, and you know I, I know Arizona going to the season we had they had high hopes we had high hopes for Arizona as well. I didn't think that it would be that competitive. They stood toe to toe with Baltimore for that whole game. That whole, whole game was just punches and jabs back and forth, back and forth. So even though they lost, I still feel like they kind of made a statement. I feel like you can make a statement without winning a game. And I think Arizona made that statement that they're going to go, they're going to play hard every week, they're going to stand toe-to-toe with you, and you have to knock them out. They're not going to go down easily. So I think Arizona was the big surprise in how well they played and just stood up against Baltimore. Um, and like I said before, I think the other big surprise, the Denver's too far, I think um, you have mentioned, I didn't think it would be that, that bad. But like I said last week as well, Denver has something to prove. Sioux Falls scoring seven points at home just was – shocking just to watch the game. The other shocking thing was, and ben, uh, Nelson, I, I agree with you, it was a lot easier to watch the games where I actually sat and I actually got yelled at by my wife that <laughs> I was moving, yeah. watching the games, and then having the little score bug in the top left corner to see what's going on in the other games. So if the game you're watching yeah. isn't as good, you switch over and you'll go watch the other game. So that that made that was shocking to me because that made the games a lot easier to watch where I'm like, you know what, I'm not really feeling this game, or I want to kind of check into what's going on in another game and just switch over. So that that really made the games more enjoyable because I remember back in like years ago for the NCAA tournament, you had to sit based on your region and watch the games that you didn't want to watch. But now you can kind of yeah. bounce around. I think the SFL did the right thing and said – Let's have multiple games on. So in case there's one game that's just out of the water, blown out, there's, there's another option for other, you know, for other games to watch. So that was a really good, surprising move that, you know, we saw this weekend. Yeah. I think, you know what, for me, and you, you guys just reminded me a little bit because you were talking about Las Vegas. And I can't believe that was the biggest surprise for me, right, because they had a rookie quarterback. Um, they had to um, – you know, they, they lost their two-star cornerbacks, right, in the Ramens. Um, I, I didn't know what to, I guess, really expect. And I think they, they, they lost a uh, – if, if I remember – if I'm correct, I think they also lost a linebacker, right? Did they? I don't know. But I, I think so. Regardless, they, might, they, have, had some they changes, might have. I don't yeah, know. They had some changes that um, had people thinking that they weren't going to do so hot, right? And – the off season for a lot of people thought Carolina had a great off season, right? Uh, you know, with the signing of, of you know Amon Takes, Xander Gold, uh, Kane Vasquez, right? Um, I feel like they they really made and it still kept some other pieces in place, right? That a lot of folks thought that this was going to be Carolina's to win, and Carolina had. Uh, and came out, right? But, again, Las Vegas just came out with, with a lot of intensity, uh, riled up my man, Xander Gold, um, and, and didn't really make it feel comfortable and had him throw many, a lot of uh, picks, you know what I'm saying? They, they had Ricky stepping up, um, uh, Tom Krieg, right? Um, 
I think also stepped up, right? I think that was their rookie safety, and he got a couple things there. And I think some of the even the corners they had were still performing. Like they had an all-out show, and I think they got a lot of respect in that game um, for for beating somebody like Carolina, right? But then coming through and doing it with a I don't want to say completely different, but it is a a, a majority different type of squad and come out and kill it. Yeah, uh, Sandra Gold threw five interceptions in that game. You're not going to win games throwing five interceptions in it. And just another stat, and I don't know how you can throw to a running back as many times, but Logan Jack had 16 receptions for 64 yards. You shouldn't be throwing to a running back that many times in a game if you're only averaging four yards per reception. 16 times. Holy crap. Who do you, who do you guys feel? Talking about running backs, right? Because I feel like this was a very – there was some very good running back plays this weekend. Um, what, what running back stood out to you the most this overall weekend? Because I felt like there was some that just really blew it out the water. I mean, you got to go Hollywood from Atlanta, over 200 yards. I'm going to put in. I'm going to sign a homer. Ezekiel Love. He, was, he ran the ball really well, over 100 yards rushing. And he was just running St. Louis down. So I, I'm i going to go with our guy. I'm going to go with our Portland running back. has, like, a running back to look out for this season, not just in week one, but going forward. Hmm. Those are pretty good choices. What about yourself, Ben? Uh, I'd probably say Jared Willis. He had over 250 yards, two touchdowns. Um, yeah, I would say Ezekiel Love too. He ran real well. Um, the offensive, if the offensive line could block for him, he'd probably have over 200 yards. But uh, that left side just on the all line for us just kept, did not block for him in the second half. So, but a great game by him. But yeah, those are, those are my two guys. I would agree. And BGG Hollywood. I mean, he he was a rock star in that game too. So, yeah, yeah those are my three three wide receivers. Yeah, I think so. For me, or running back. Uh, Scott Johnson, all right, Scott did amazing. And I think the thing that amazed me about Scott was last season, right? Scott was very disappointed in the last season. I know he wasn't happy. And he came through in this game against a, a very good defense in um, in Carolina, right? Even one of their rookies were performing with uh, uh, Cliff Grizzly, who got a sack, right? Um, came through. And, like, was a dynamic player, not just from the backfield, right? But also with, like, catching, like, he was out in the flash, boom, got the ball, got, got uh, you know, 10, 11 yards, you know what I'm saying, getting chunk plays. I mean, he was very dynamic, and he was very – like, there was a lot of growth for him. And um, I thought he did a phenomenal job. And uh, I'm trying to think if there was anybody else who – really stood out from the running back. Uh, uh, Robert Johnson. We talked about Ike. Oh. Robert Johnson. Yep. I, I'm going to say Ike. Ike, too. Ike, Ike yep. was She, yep. she, she mm-hmm. played really nasty in that game. Three touchdowns. I think what I like about Yeah. What I like about Ike is that she keeps it, like, I like how her player is built, but it's also, like, I like how her player doesn't have a lot of, like, it, her player is gritty. Like, she, ain't, she don't got no, uh, like, most of us want to get the sleeves and, has this and that. Nah, she keeps her sleeveless clean, and she just gutter. And, like, when she hits, and sometimes, like, when she breaks tackles, she really breaks it. So, I think Ike McBride is another one that really impressed me when it comes down to running back. Um, with, of course, Zeke, man. Zeke, 
this is our first 100-yard game, right? And uh, Zeke came out and just did his thing, you know, and, and it was it was like we were all in the locker room and we all just all celebrated together when he did that big break for the touchdown, mm-hmm. right? And uh, that's, that's something very exciting and something very it, it, different, you know, and, and you saw a difference in Portland, which uh, he gave us that, that – that, that edge, right? But now with somebody like John blocking for him and myself, right, that's on the line, at least we have some continuity on, on, on the side of the ball that will let it be a little bit balanced um, as much as we can versus maybe the left side of that line. So, mm-hmm. um, Yeah, you guys are real fast, real, real fast, fellas. I know, I know we don't want to talk about it because we did fall to St. Louis, but I want to give a shout-out to R62, um, he had a great game yesterday, <laughs> and um, I want to give a shout out to R62 because I think he had a hell of a game last night. Just, just saying. <laughs> Look, uh, I'm gonna say that there wasn't just questionable calls, but you know uh, I, what has made me feel a little bit better about my touchdown that was stolen from me is just that Cam says it right. It's just like the NFL. How many games mm-hmm. have you seen on the TV? You're like, what the hell are you doing? The ref just won the game for this team. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it's just, look, it, it is what it is. It's what happens, right? That that was stolen. We had one in the end zone that uh, one of the receivers, as as great as his hands are, just couldn't couldn't seal it right. And it it's just things were happening. You know, we I don't think I had last season. I don't think I even remember a false start. Or you know, or, or somebody already, you know, on defense, and boom, you know, we had it happen on our side, right? Like there were some things in this game that I was really shocked at, but yeah, I mean, shout out to R62 because uh, you definitely made <laughs> our night last night. But I'm gonna tell you something, honestly, is one thing that I love about our locker room is how we lift each other up, and you saw many people saying, guys, it sucks and we know it, but keep it moving. We got this. This is just one game. And it made me happy as a GM to really see how you guys were moving on your own, right? Like, you guys, that was you guys. It was not like leaders like us had jumped in first and really said anything, right? Like, it's you guys as players of Portland that went into the locker room and said, hey, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to really hold my brothers together. We're going to, you know, we, we put it, yeah, we had questionable the calls and the stuff like that, but at the end of the day, we, we left it out there. We know what's possible. We know what we can do and accomplish. And on to the next one, right? And at the mm-hmm. end of the day, you know, that was just such a great moment that, like, yes, we didn't get the win, <laughs> but at least I did it with you guys, and we all got to watch the game together, and we all got to react at the same time. It was pretty awesome stuff. Did you guys see any difference in the legend mode by any chance? Like, do you feel like there was a difference in that at all by us switching to that mode from all pro? Um, you know, the one thing I will say is that uh, I had really never seen – uh, a safety happened in the past, and I think there were like three or four that happened this weekend. And then I also saw a muffed punt, um, and I believe it was the Baltimore-Arizona game, and I had never seen a muffed punt before. Um, so I think that legend mode, you're going to get those type of plays a little bit more, which is kind of more authentic. Um, 
And but you know, nine of the twelve home teams won. Uh, but I think we'll have to keep looking at this because it's game one. No one has film on each other. Um, you know, I think the game plans were real impactful. It wasn't just some home field advantage. I think it was basically just the game plans um, from each team that made a difference. And it, it, there was no home field advantage in my mind. Uh, well, yeah, I, I think that's going to be the case. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that's going to be the case. I think we have to – we kind of have to wait and see kind of how it works. I think, like Ben said, I think the, the game plans really played a, a bigger role in week one, I think, maybe in the past. But this is only a couple of games. It's only 12 games. So I think you have to wait and kind of see in, like, week seven, week eight, and really kind of – I think that's when you can really get a gist of what Legends was. But there were a lot of plays that in the, you know, couple seasons I've been watching, I'm like, yeah, that never happened before. Like the safety in the Baltimore game, I was like, whoa, that's okay. Never saw that before. So it was definitely interesting to see a lot of these things that just never occurs really at, at all. Yeah, and I felt that, that, like I said, it felt very competitive, even though, yes, there were some games that were blown out. For some reason, it just felt a little bit more realistic. And I think there was even more questionable calls than I've ever seen before, right? Not including ours, but, you know, somebody – there's other people that were playing as well that I watched that had some questionable calls as well, right? Some fumbles, some, you know, uh, drop passes. Like, there were some things that I was like, oh, what is going on, right? So it wasn't just us that was having it, right? Uh, we were just one of the ones that were affected by it. But it just gave a level of realism um, that I enjoyed enjoyed a lot. And you're right. At first, I mean, you couldn't lie, right? You know, first day in the books and all home teams win. You know, it it made you kind of be like, oh, right? But, again, they were all really good teams, so you couldn't knock it that they were just really good teams beating one another, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But it it just gave a, a level of, you could tell the gameplay was different, and I didn't feel like as if, you know, there was, any kind of, like, in the specifics of, you know, normally in a game, it would be just straight domination, right? And uh, here I felt like it was more balanced where each team had really good game, really good play. And I give an example, like, again, D.C., right, and San Diego, both brand-new teams this season that were still competitive against their games. Yes, L.A. broke away after a little bit. But for, for a little bit there, there was some competition, right? Um. And same thing with D.C. D.C. kept it in there, right, uh, and held on until, again, to the end where London could really kind of pull themselves away, right? But D.C. had some really good plays that really made that difference. Kevin Stay had some good plays. Um, uh, Hornick got that touchdown, right? Um, so it's, again, and I, I'm pretty sure there was an interception in that, in that defense as well. If David Leathers wants to let me know in the comments, he's more than welcome to, right? Um, I just feel like, again, it was competitive all the way around. And it, it, it sucks because the the last four expansion teams this season, uh, or from this season and last season, all lost. It was still growth. It was still, like like you said, right, Toro should have won that game. They should have, right? But, again, you can't knock the experience of Queen City. So, Queen City coming back from that and, you know, coming back to win it all, that's something of some respect there, right? Um, but, it, it, you know, for the Toros to show what's possible 
it's always exciting. We had the same thing happen to us, right? Like, we were dominating, and then we were able to come back and get that win. Regardless whether we felt like the stuff was helping or not, they, they got came back and got that win, similar to how London did, right? Um, so, it, it, to me, as much as as, as much as it, 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 it pains to say it, it was great to see everybody grow, even though we had to be on the losing side of that. Um, and it really made everything really exciting. I, I, I can tell you this, this much, the playoffs, I think, are going to be a lot different this year than they have been in the last few years, uh, or not years, the seasons, uh, because I feel like it's not predictable what um, the outcome may be, and I think the teams uh, definitely make it exciting. And yes, uh, David Leather says, uh, the linebacker, Casey uh, Husky, uh, actually got the interception. So I think, again, right, great takeaways, great, um, you know, things to really build upon. Um, but, you know, it's stuff this weekend. So overall, you know, I think it, it excites me a lot to see where this, where we're going. I'm still waiting for Cam to do this live uh, player reaction because it would have been a lot of fun to watch your guys' reaction and my reaction and everybody else's, you know, during those big moments, right? Uh, during the, the, the touchdown for for Zeke when he made it in there, Mel Davis was over here crack, having his voice cracked, you know, of the excitement. Zeke, <laughs> I was just like, I heard it, right? And we were all so happy. And the touchdown that I potentially had, right, that, you know, was we all shared that too. We're like, oh, Nelson. Like, I, I mean, I never felt so happy in my life that I was able to score a touchdown and help this team be better, right? And it's just like with everything all together, it was an amazing week. Shout out to also to all the, all the broadcasters and stat teams. Um, you know, Ben, shout out to Ben. You know, shout out to our guy over here doing stats this week. This week, shout out to Ben. Shout out to Ben going seven and five this week. If you're if you're if you took any of Ben's games for bets, you might have won some money this weekend. Just saying. You know, low key Ben, I think uh, you're like you're like an SFL uh, guru over here, man. I think uh, you're starting to show some uh, some knowledge there. Maybe I might have to. Take you to the casino or something. Win me some money or something, you know. But um, I'm waiting for the league to start betting games, and that 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 I'll, I'll give people uh, some advice uh, when if we ever have betting for uh, SFL games, that'd be interesting. <laughs> that will be a lot of like. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll make mm-hmm. a section for you on the show for you to uh, for you to share your predictions and make a, and make some money for the show. Right? <laughs> Can, like, can we see the day when we have like degenerate gamblers gambling on like no, no. a Portland Fort Worth game? Like that'll be the best day ever when we have just gamblers just like I got twenty bucks on Denver LA. Let's go! I, I would love to see that. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be very interesting when that happens. Or remember, like Twitch, you start seeing like all these bets and all these things happening, and people giving money and whatnot, it should be quite interesting. And, again, folks, if you do want to call in, remember, uh, we're talking about week one, we're talking about legend mode, things that really uh, came through, some hot takes over this week one, 
Um, you can call in. Telephone number is 516-418-5467, or you can talk to us in the Discord chat, uh, you know, or in, you can leave a question inside of there, and we'll answer. You can put your responses there. Uh, it's inside the leads Discord. You can go on there and, and do that. But, um, yeah, let us know what you think about some of these games, uh, how these games went, if you want to call in. We we were hoping that Cam, I think, was going to try to come on tonight. I don't know if that's still going to happen or so. Awesome if it doesn't. You know, he's a very busy man, so uh, it's all good. But we'd love to hear what everybody else's thoughts were on this weekend, um, what they think about the production and everything else. I would tell you, I was trying to search. I guess I was trying to understand at what time, because I really wanted to see Cam's and Mike Shade Green's like post game analysis, right? But I felt like I was so worried about missing it, so I wasn't sure if it was like all right after, let's just say like uh, 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 I don't know, like I forgot which game I was watching and I just could not seem to get the post-game show, right? And I was like, man, this really does make, like, it so much more entertaining. And <laughs> I think it was you, Ben, who said no more robots, right? And I think Yeah, no more robot win. poker. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the robot poker really killed it for me that now that we don't have to watch that no more. like, And that's what I'm talking about, it, the seamlessness of everything was really exciting. Like, you, 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 if you want people to watch longer, if you want people to watch as much games, I think at one point I saw on the streams it was like 150 people watching at one time, and that's on one game. And the other game could have had like, you know, 90 to, 90 to like 100 as well that were on those streaming platforms, not including the people who are watching on For the Fans TV, not, not including the people who are watching it through For the Fans app, right? So you can't include those, but that, to me, is, is exciting because when you see some of the other games, sometimes it wasn't as high, but just the production and everything. And the cool part, too, that I saw, I don't know if you guys noticed in the chat, um, while the, the streams were happening, is people were asking about what is this. Yep. So, again, that same exposure, that same, um, you know, everything, you had that, um, like, still happening live. And I found that to be so cool. I think one I saw was before the game of Vancouver and Louisiana, and somebody named Mr. Canada, I think, was talking, and Vancouver was able to respond and say, hey, we're the Canadian team. You know, why don't you watch us? Why don't you this and that? And, like, man, that's, that's the coolest part is when you see that live. And I think that's something that the NFL can, will never be able to have is direct connection with people in the moment it's happening while everybody else is reacting to it at the same time. That is something the NFL can never do because we're watching it in any way, shape, or form that we want to, and we're able to react to it and – I mean, again, and, and like I said, shout out to all the broadcasters and everybody else who really, really, really um, has made it even more special. It was so much fun to hear everybody this weekend, um, and it was just amazing, amazing job. And, uh, KC, I think we have a caller, correct? Yep, we do. We got a caller from the 210, 210 Erico. Caller, what's up? 
What up, boys? What's up, man? How's it going? What's going on? <laughs> it's going good, guys. How are you? It's going awesome, you know? Just here, you know, chatting it up about, you know, the week, some surprises that happened, some uh, outstanding performances from some players, and overall how Legend Mode kind of played out. And then your overall production in general right, with the addition of these post-games and halftime reports and uh, just how it made the game feel so seamless like you would if you watched it on, you know, on TV, watching the NFL, right? Um, And, you know, we just kind of reacted to that and everything else. So glad to have you on the show. Absolutely. What did you guys think of Legend? Sorry for missing it earlier. No, it was good. KT, Ben, you guys get started with that. Uh, yeah, I thought it. I thought it uh, was awesome. Um, you know, obviously nine out of twelve home teams won, but I think you know it's week one. You don't have really films on teams, and then secondly, I thought the playbooks played a lot more um, into the game, and there were less kind of those I don't know cheese plays as they call them in Legends modes. It looked a lot like I like I said before like. I had really never seen a safety or a muffed punt before. And I saw, like, three safety, three, four safeties the whole weekend and, like, two muffed punts or one or two. Um, so it was really cool to see those just to add that kind of depth to the game that we hadn't seen before. As yeah, to me, the, the, biggest, the biggest thing I noticed this week was the uh, some players made some plays that I've never seen them make. I'll give you an example. Um uh, Jason Williams in Fort Worth, the second touchdown he scored, he like dragged bodies into the end zone. Anybody see this? It was like a five yard run. Yeah. Very basic. Anybody see mm-hmm. that play? That was, mm-hmm. that was, I don't think that I've seen that. You see the, you see the um, player almost breaks the tackle, but he gets pulled down by his ankles. Um, you've seen the, you know, the broken tackles and all that stuff. But he just he just kind of it, – it just felt different. I saw a defensive back. I want to say it was it was either in the Arizona game. It was one of the early games this, this week. Um, but they threw a pass. They threw an out route, and he kind of – he, like, dove to knock it down. Um, and then, of course, you know, the, the muffed punt, um, the muffed fair catch call – that stack and paper who's Baltimore's third corner, right? So he's playing in on special by default, um, mm-hmm. recovers the fumble. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, there, there were just some different plays this week and, uh, that was, it was refreshing. Really neat. I felt like, uh, it gave a lot to the overall game, right? Um, we were just talking about kind of the referees kind of playing around, but there were some calls that, like, I felt like were very, like, NFL feel like, right? Like, you, I think you, you said at one time, you were like, hey, the fun part about this is the AI. And as much as it can be frustrating, that's what makes it fun because it's just like the NFL. You don't know what to expect. And just like in the NFL, we were just talking about there are refs who make questionable calls, and that loses the game for the rest of the team. It is the reality. And I think Legend Mode really made it feel realistic and these games were very entertaining right yeah there were some better than others like i said but overall i was entertained 
I was entertained with London versus DC, for example, right? Like that game actually, and you know, to see London's growth and see how they were able to succeed, but then to see DC's, you know, will to bounce back and how quickly they were able to bounce back, right? It was um, it was fun seeing San Diego and LA. I, I it just again, and the the whole drama that happened with the Vancouver in 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 Louisiana, right? And how much I felt like people tuned in because. It was that revenge game, and then there was a drama prior to the revenge game that kind of just added fuel to the fire. Like, this week weekend was a lot of fun, and I think I was just, like I said, I don't know how you make a – how old is this game now? Almost like 15-year-old <laughs> game into what you, what you see every time on screen, man. And for those who don't know that you do it all most of the time on your own, uh, it, it was it was really amazing to see, and I, I just don't know how you make that game look so damn good on the TV. Cause well, it's, not, it's, wife, it's definitely. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Cam. No, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say it's it's definitely not me. It's definitely the coaches. I mean, you you know you you run an all pro sim with you know the beasts and the gunslingers, and and you fall asleep. You know, it's just it's it really is just our teams just doing a hell of a job. And another thing, excuse me, another thing that uh, I noticed this week, I didn't know if you guys saw this or touched on this, but um, it we didn't we had, we had like three one score games, so it wasn't like a close dramatic weekend or anything. I would say that Queen City Fort Worth was probably the most dramatic finish, but um, it didn't really feel like many games got out of hand early where it just felt like this game's over. Right. Like even Sioux Falls, Denver, it was 17, nothing in the third quarter. And yeah, Denver kind of put the clamps down on them and ran away with it, but it never really felt like, Oh, this is a, this is a wash, right? This game isn't interesting. They just can't. Or like, Houston Jacksonville, for example, like that is a game I feel like in the past may have gotten out of hand, right? Jared Willis mm-hmm. is like going crazy. He's got 150 something yards in the first half. And it's like, ah, oh, this, I mean, he's just going to keep busting out tackles and he's going to get to 300 and this game's going to be over before you know it. And it wasn't, it was a pretty competitive game all, all the way through. And, Jacksonville scored touchdowns and Houston scored field goals in the red zone, right? And it was just it, it was just that was that was very interesting to me how you know by and large, even games that felt like eh, maybe they could have gotten more out of hand, um, there was a, a balance of synergy to it. I don't know if I'm reading too much into that. Of course, it's one week. I'm reacting just like everybody else, overly probably, but. Um, but it was it was interesting. The game the game felt steady from first to fourth, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, the other it thing we were did. talking about, Ken, was we were we were raving about the the, the uh, halftime show and the cutaways, and then I was raving about the score bug in the top left corner, and I'm like, you know, the game's really exciting. I might switch over to another game. You know, first of all, how difficult was putting that all together? And, and Secondly, how the hell did you do it? Does <laughs> it seem like a lot of moving parts to make that work? Well, I would say the most difficult part is what didn't happen this weekend. Mike uh, St. Green and I, we even recorded wrap-up shows 
after all the games are over, we got back on webcam right where we were in our in our studio sets, and and we did um, we did ten fifteen minute wrap up shows uh, for each day. And last night I spent hours because the audio corrupted. Poor Mike doesn't know this yet, but the audio corrupted, and it's it's based, they're basically just unusable. Um, which is really disappointing. Basically, all the audio got scrambled with our with our faces and voices, and so or and so none of it matches, right? <clears throat> and I tried to do my best, and I just couldn't make it happen. But but in that show, you know, we gave out game balls, we talked about surprises, broke down the storylines of the day, and the object of that is is to get that out before midnight. You know, after all the games are over get it to YouTube um, just so if people miss the day, um, they have a chance to kind of catch up on all the biggest, you know, storylines of the day and things like that. So um, that hopefully will, will be here uh, this upcoming week. Uh, I did, I do, excuse me. I did identify the problem after the fact, but obviously too late for this week. Um, But anyway, so that's a little sidebar. Um, what was the first question? Sorry, I just want to get that out there to people that were working on that too. Well, just like just the idea behind it. Obviously, we we had you on the show. You talked about you know you had some plans, you had ideas. I talked about this being the next evolution of of game day for the game. You know, what was that motivation for doing it? Besides, obviously, you, you wanted to do something bigger than what we had and have like an all day constant NFL like presentation to it i guess yeah robot poker right (laughs) it's just when you when you see um in the nfl playoffs i miss it when you know you've got the nfc championship and then the afc championship games on a different network and it starts like 20 minutes later and it just feels off and odd right usually Man, I mean, you're just watching. I I, I consume NFL Red Zone uh, during the regular during the NFL regular season. That's how I prefer, you know, to keep up on all that's going on around the league and all that stuff. And so, there's some inspiration from that, yes. Um, but you know, the SFL did a Red Zone a couple of times in the past. To do that, we would have to. I would record all the games so that all of them could run at the same time and then would edit together, you know, all of the video and all that stuff. Obviously we're, we're well past that. You know, we haven't done anything like that in years. Um, And so the next sort of evolution of that is, well, that was very, very popular when we did that. Um, And how can we solve problems and still make, um, you know, still kind of bring that sort of product back because while um, while it's all well and good watching one game at a time and seeing what's going on, there's 24 teams in this league now. It's a big league. And we faced kind of a dilemma with television where we're getting two hours, and that two hours is, is our league's two hours to promote itself to the audience right and if a game ends 10 minutes early and we go off the air we're throwing away 10 minutes of opportunity to market ourselves as a league and if we come on and we're showing 
you know, Portland and St. Louis, and that's the only two teams that you hear about. That's the only two um, teams that get sort of any exposure, and that's the only two teams that you know exist. If you're a new viewer and you turn that on and that's it, that's not good enough, in my opinion, of, you know, we are a league. We're trying to showcase our whole league, and that's not going to cut it, right? We can't let people go to robot poker, and we can't um, – we, we owe it to all of our teams around the league to show as, off as many of them as possible. So if we can stagger start times, then I can get – you know, if I can get a four-and-a-half-hour window, include a, a studio show, and then stagger start times, then I can get eight teams in a four-and-a-half-hour window rather than getting four teams in a four-hour window or a three-hour, 40-minute window because we throw away the last 10 minutes and cut away to something else. Right, so if, so if I can do that, that's, that's better maximizing the time that we have and it's a package that can uh, more easily be sold, right, to, to another network. I don't, you don't have to give me 10 hours of your time because you want to show five games a week. Just give me four and a half, and I'll, give you, I'll get you four games, right? And, and it's a lot easier to, to fit in um, in that type of environment um, because television, not necessarily 11 FTF, but just television in general – they just want the product to be as entertaining as possible. Well, now we've got it because if we're if the game we're shown on TV is an absolute dud, which fortunately this week on 11 and FTF all the games are very competitive. But if it's an absolute dud, we have a plan B. You know, we can do this another way, um, and in a in a snap of a finger, we could easily put the blowout to YouTube public. Um, and send the uh, you know the other game to television, so it gives us a lot of flexibility. Um, and all in all, um, it was it it worked out pretty uh, pretty much as intended. You know, a couple of tech snafus, but that's always going to happen, especially when it's a one man production. Um, if I just had one other person sit next to me, I guarantee you, anything that you see that looks odd would be eliminated. <laughs> Like, like me going to put like like sending to halftime and then it's just me staring at a screen because I forgot to change the screen over like those type of things. No, I mean uh, I think at the end of the day uh, we know uh, how much how much work you put into it, right? And uh, I think of like I don't know if you remember like when you'd watch cartoons like you'd see the guy who would be playing the symbols and having the uh, drum playing at the same time he's playing the horn and he's walking at the same time he's doing all these things. I imagine that we do yeah. uh, on these days and everything else. But hey, at the end of the day, you did an amazing job, um, nonetheless. And you're right, the transitions were very smooth. I saw something really cool, which was um, the like I was telling the guys earlier and everybody's listening about seeing somebody ask, "What is this?" and the community responding back and people sharing certain things that was like, I, I think I saw one from Canada, some Mr. Canada, and was like, oh, you know, does, does Canada have a team? And Vancouver came up and said, actually, we're the Canadian team, and you can watch us at 7 p.m. against Louisiana. And, you know, like, that's 
cool stuff to really see, and it showed that we're still grabbing an audience. And, and one thing that we have that the NFL can never have is that live interaction, right? That live re- ability to react in that moment. And in each game, there was about 100, 150 at times for each game that was playing simultaneously. And it, it was, you know, great to see how the reactions happened when a play happened, how everybody responded as, as, a, as, a, as a league and as, as people who were just watching just to be watching. And it was awesome. It was really awesome to see. Um, and I think it just made it entertaining, and it really made my day go by faster because I was like, whoa, there's already a next game and the next game. And it just kept everything going. And with your post-game post and times, it really let it through. Now, there's a question for you, Cam. I don't want to forget to get you this question before we continue on, but uh, Eddie Gage in the chat asked uh, how the relationship between you and Mike St. Green came out to do their sh- this show or do their show, the, the halftime shows and whatnot. Yeah, that and that was one of my favorite moments this week, too. We were talking just before the half off the air, and I said, I said, um, I said to Mike, hey, uh, Corey Minner just got a, just got a pick. You know, we're watching along in the other game. And, uh, and he said, my boy, that's my son. And I didn't know Corey Menner was Mike St. Green's stepson, but son nonetheless, right? And he, that he was in the league and he played for Charleston and all that. I didn't know that. And so, you know, live on the air, Mike, you know, Mike St. Green's watching his son make an interception and then he gets to talk about it on national TV at halftime when breaking down, you know, the first half of the game. So that was one of the coolest moments for me because it's just, it's those, um, it's those moments that are, you know, they're not, you can't really anticipate them. I don't know if they're going to happen or how they're going to happen or all that stuff, but, um, but that was really cool. So Mike reached out to me um, and I was really looking to get someone involved um, in, in, on the broadcasting side that really wasn't involved in other things. A lot of times we have, um, we have people that, they, I mean, they just jump right into the deep end and they don't know how to swim and they figure it out. And they're just, their, their hands are in everything. And then what happens is, is they bite off more, they can chew and then they have to dial back. I didn't really want to put more on somebody's plate. I wanted some to find someone that really was, just looking to get more involved, but hadn't really found exactly how to get involved yet. Um, and that was Mike. He reached out um, and we talked about, you know, his schedule and, you know, what's going on in life and general availability. And does he have a webcam? No. Does he have a mic? No. And I said, well, you know, you don't, I don't want to put any pressure on you to, to, go out and get this stuff and he had you know he had already ordered it and was ready to ready to to go and got excited about it and it really was just kind of an opportunity for him to um you know showcase his skills he said you know I don't want to hold back if somebody's playing bad I'm gonna I want to talk about them playing bad I said sure but you're I mean just be an analyst just be you just be natural whatever and I thought he was just a natural. He was just wonderful. Um, and he, um, he executed as, as well as he could. We've got some technical issues on the back end, but that's stuff that I need to fix for him to make 
his experience better, not the other way around. But that's just kind of how it came about. You know, he just he just said he answered the call. He said, "Yeah, I'm interested. I want to learn more information about this." And so, um, you know, we had a conversation initially, and then we tested out his equipment, um, and then we met the night before the games, and then we showed up to the studio. Everything was set up. It was all it's all built in. And some, earlier you asked, you know, how did we do it? Everything happens because of great prep work. You know, the days leading up to the game, um, all of those, all of the visuals and the presentation and everything, it's all programmed and ready so that when the game happens, all, all the league has to do, all I have to do as executive producer is execute. That's it. You know, and then and then the success of it is just based on execution. Um, but it all starts with prep, and Mike did a great job prepping. He was well informed. He was watching all the games. It wasn't easy having you know he's trying to watch both games and he's trying to listen to me to given direction and the broadcasters trying to listen for commercial breaks and I mean, there's there's a lot going on, especially for a guy that hasn't really been on a, any broadcast ever. And I thought considering that he has has not been a broadcaster in the SFL, is not used to being on camera, and has never been put in a position like this, I mean, he was an MVP this week. He was he was awesome. Yeah, I think um I think everything it, how your dynamic and everything was and how it played out and it was really good. And even the broadcasters too, I have to shout them out, right? Because um, the broadcast team, everybody did such a great job, came with a lot of prep work. Um, you know, shout out to Mike for having the, the meetings and everything else to get everybody on the same page on what to do. And shout out to everybody who went ahead and looked up key information to really share that day. Um, that really made it just that much, much more entertaining to watch. Um, and, and I think, too, the reactions that you had two with the whole Louisiana versus Vancouver game. Um, I thought it was, was awesome to see you guys kind of talking about and reacting to that as well. Um, made everything really entertaining this whole, this whole weekend. And a uh, question for you that I have is uh, how did you get it so seamless to when they score that animation on the bar was just always present like that, that confirmed before I saw it on the screen that it would ever change. Like it felt like I was watching it on TV where, you know, the touchdown happens and boom, the animation comes on. It was really smooth. Um, how did that come about? Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's all, all touchpad, all, all this production stuff. If you're, if you're using, you know, a keyboard and a mouse, you're lost. Right. And it's all, it's it's just it's touchpad and programming, right? So I have a button um, that has away touchdown and home touchdown, and it's right on the home panel. And I have obviously multiple folders. You have a folder for storylines and a folder for league advertisements and a folder for uh, you know to send us to a game break and a folder to you know all those sorts of things, right? But that home touchdown, that away touchdown, that replay transition, right? It's all kind of right in front of me. And so I'm watching these two games at the same time, 
and 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 I'm you know I know right as soon as soon as you score as soon as I see that yard line go away right and it tells you or it used to say first and goal now it doesn't say anything and now it says it puts the ball at the two yard line I know they they just called that a score that's particularly in the St. Louis game remember the controversial touchdown right how how in the world did we know that that was a touchdown so it went away I knew right then oh they're calling that a touchdown that's crazy and it was just the touch of the touch of a button, right? Away touchdown, bam! And so, um, you know, we're sending that that signal, and that 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 uh, that button coincides with the file of you know St. Louis's touchdown graphic. Every team has you know had one made, and again, it goes back to um, it goes back to that prep, right? Every score bug every touchdown every um score in the upper corner um you know every broadcaster you know play by play in color every weather every team colors every you know all of that stuff is made in advance so that it's ready so that it's ready for the broadcast programmed in to production and then it's just a matter of executing so yeah that's that's the story behind that it's just uh Okay, we, we you know we want to have a touchdown graphic to celebrate a score of every team. Um, you know we need to make one for every team, and then we need to load the 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 proper ones into uh, the game that it's assigned. So there's you know there's 12 games. All 12 games are are have a place to be programmed, um, and then it's just a matter of filling out each game one file at a time. And there's there's your broadcast. Well, so, uh, real quick, Ken. That one man band. Oh. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, I was just going to say, that's that one man band stuff right there. All yeah. the stuff he has to do to just get it there, really amazing. Go ahead, KT. Uh, real quick, Cam. Um, has a, I'm going to take your commissioner hat off and go analyst for, for a hot second. What was a surprise to you this first weekend of the season? Was there anything that kind of jumped out at you and really kind of surprised you um, after week one? Uh, Sioux Falls. Sioux Falls. I've just, I'm, it shocked me because I'm just not used to seeing that. I'm not used to seeing Sioux Falls basically score nothing. That doesn't happen. I'm not used to seeing Colin Hart not get a fourth and one, not get a third and one, not get, you know, the, the yardage that he usually gets. Um, it was just, I was stunned. Never. And I texted the, the, the guy running social media for FTF, I texted him after the game, and I said, this is proof right here that you cannot predict sports. Two teams from the semifinals last season and one that made the championship, and the one that made the championship at home is down by 30 on, on Facebook you know, on Facebook Live. We're trying to garner a new audience, right, get it, get it on more social channels later in the evening. That's the idea. And then we put up a clunker. <laughs> How are you supposed to predict that? It's Denver Sioux Falls. They haven't even played in two years. Like th- this should be an epic thing. And it was billed, you know, as as the biggest game of the week or one of the biggest games or whatever. And it ended up being a dud. Unless you're Denver, um, it just it it didn't live up to the billing. Um, and that was really surprising to me. And now Sioux Falls plays Baltimore at home 
which means that if Sioux Falls were to lose, they'd be 0-2 and, and still have six road games left. That's not a good position to be in at all. So their backs are against the wall. That's going to be a big game on FTF next Sunday. Um, and, uh, yeah, their their backs are against the wall, and I bet they're going to come out pretty angry, and uh, Baltimore better be ready. Yeah, I think uh, I think that game really – I don't think anybody really expected that. There was a few games where you had that uh, playoff pitchers. You know, you could see this happening in the playoffs, and that was one of them, right? And I don't think any of us expected – I think we. I think by that time when I had seen the the kind of the pull away that Denver was having, I was like, I'm pretty sure other people are, are tuning into this game, into the Portland St. Louis game because now you know for a fact they just put their neck, they just put their boot on their neck right now and they are not letting go. And at least with the St. Louis and Portland game, we were still kind of in this back and forth and this ever ending struggle. Uh, and, and they kept really close. So I felt like, again, once I saw that, I was like, yeah, more people are going to come watch this one uh, just because it's becoming a little bit more competitive versus Denver just having the pure dominance and really making a statement. I mean, they made a statement for this season to say, we're here and we're ready to make some noise. So uh, my hat tipped off to them. Uh, that was a definitely a really strong win for them. Um and if that if that game was on ESN or FTF, we definitely would have we definitely would have moved St. Louis Portland over. That game was very competitive. The after the uh, the the last block of the day that's going to LSN and and uh, FTF social accounts and things like that. That one is not as easy to flip the switch on, um, but but the other blocks absolutely. So that that's one of those cases where yeah, we would have we would have said okay, this game is. This this game is not competitive. Let's go to the other one. So, I think that's what makes like, this interesting this year yeah. too. Because I think I said it earlier about how you know years ago when you watched the NCAA tournament, you were almost forced to watch the game that was in your region. So that particular place you're in, you had to watch the game that was on. But now you you can they started kind of switching out games. You know, Duke's playing the 16 seed. You wouldn't be able to see. I think that's going to add a lot to the broadcast. Where it's like, okay, we're not going to sit through you know, a two fall Denver game, you can switch out. So I think that was an amazing addition to the kind of, to the tele, uh, to the telecast right now, just the ability when you can to kind of switch out the different games when you can. Yeah. Back and back to the broadcast just real quick. Um, I, I mean that uh, Andy pulled a double. I appreciate him for that. Um, but everyone else, you know, got their own game. Um, and I didn't even call one. Right. So every, everybody, it felt like, every crew has their own different style and we got to hear them all. And I mean, some of them we didn't even get to hear, but um, Tyler and, and Jack on their first play by play call um, of SFL games. Uh, I thought they both did a really nice job. Um, and it was, it was cool to see them all in action. Um, and, and hopefully we get, get even more um, in action in week two. So um yeah, that was really exciting to have all those different crews out there. Yeah, it's a really good job. And a lot of their research, which a shout-out to Mike Dagg, because honestly, with that, um, that information he shared with us and how to get it and access it and kind of putting in that groundwork, it was really good. You know, I, I missed it, unfortunately, due to, you know, uh, it being like this week that I celebrate my wife's birthday, so we can kind of have this 
time together, but um, I listened to the playback and I thought he did a phenomenal job. So I got, definitely got to shout out Mike Daggs because it was so well put together and then I was able to watch everything and um, I felt like I'm, I'm nervous for mine when, you know, when he writes the schedule for me to do my first SFL game broadcast. I wish it was this week, but, you know, I told the wife, no SFL as much as possible that I could do for her in <laughs> the week with her. Um, I just think, again, like, he did a really good job getting everybody prepared. And the stat team, too, like, everybody in stats, man, like, they're so oh, good they killed it. unsung hero. Yeah, they're sometimes an unsung hero. But when you're on that other side and you have somebody who's very interactive with you uh, in the chats as well, kind of helping you bring really good content as well to the to the to the viewers, it's, it's pretty amazing. Now, Cam, I have to ask you, when are you going to put uh, the live reactions from people who are watching the game? I know that is something, and the only reason why I ask is because I wish you were able to see and hear the reactions of the game, right? Um, there was at one point where I was literally on, like, I, I just crouched down, and I was like, Oh my goodness, what is going on, right? And I felt like that reaction is something that um, kind of connects everything together. And I'm always curious because you you talked about it that one time with reactions, and uh, we we didn't get to see it again. I know there was a lot of things going on behind that, but when do you think we may see something of that sort? Because I think seeing people's reactions, especially how these games, like you said, have a lot of synergy to them. So you have these back and forth, back and forth. When do you maybe expect that we could see something of that sort? It's like the white whale of our production, right? Um, so here's here's what we really need. What we really need is we need a um, a, a camera system, right, where you've got all these different cameras. Um, just like a production truck. So for those that don't know, if you're Fox doing the NFC championship, there's a production truck that has, um, and sometimes it's not, especially nowadays, it's not an actual truck, right? But it's, it's a, it's a room that literally has just a bunch of screens and it's all the different cameras that are being sent to to Fox's uh you know main broadcast hub which is essentially what I am for the SFL right I'm the main broadcast hub and I have a, a particular amount of elements or visuals or cameras or whatever and so let's say that there are 40 cameras on an NFL broadcast and they're all physical cameras within the stadium you've got the end zone cam the you know, the, the standard broadcast cam, you've got the pylon cams, you've got the, all that, right? And every single one of those cameras is transmitting the entire game. And it's up to the executive producer to tell the producer where, what camera to go to next, right? And so he's looking at all of, all of the footage that is rolling in, and there's a, there's, that's why there's a delay, right, in TV, um, because he's looking at all the footage he's, that, that's rolling in, and in those split seconds, he's deciding what's the best look, right? So every camera is going to send their replay all at the same time. He's got to decide which look he wants 
or she, right, um, and, and say, go to camera 15, go to camera 22, go, go to the pylon cam, go to this, go to that, whatever. Go to pylon and then, and then go to Brady's reaction. 27's got Brady's reaction, right? And so he's or she is managing and mastering that broadcast and sending it out. What the SFL needs to do is instead of having 40 cameras in a stadium – we just take the exact same format except their webcams, not cameras in a, in a stadium, right? So now I've got all these webcams that I can pick from. Who am I going to show, right? And then, for, and then a simple click of a button of go to camera 29, go to camera 3, go to camera 8, go to camera whatever. And obviously I say that like that's easy, or possible. But the reality is, is that it's quite challenging when you're dealing with a limited amount of space and a limited amount of, of monitors and ability for one person to go from one to anywhere, you know, 40 other cameras, right? It's, it is, it's the white whale because I know that it's possible with, resources and manpower and um, setup and infrastructure and all that. It's definitely there and, and doable, but um, it's, I, it was definitely one of those, I bit off more than I could chew moments when I tried to Jimmy rig it by basically, you know, having one monitor dedicated to all these cameras and, Oh, I'll just decide which camera to put full screen and then show the full screen having it be a two-step process instead of a one-step process means that most of the time the reactions that I wanted to have on the broadcast anyway I didn't I didn't get because it was too late yeah because they happen so fast and it's those split second moments and you just you just want to have that exact reaction but you can't get it back once it's gone and because it's just a uh, because it's just a one man production truck um it it's just a one man production truck and it's it we might capture a moment here or there like dynasty's hair flip amazing right and it when it comes together it's like oh my god that's so cool but nobody remembers the rest of the broadcast where we got basically nothing off the whole thing because we just couldn't we just couldn't get that reaction that we were trying to get or we missed the person on camera or the camera had terrible lighting or you know the screen froze or whatever the case was of why we couldn't use that particular camera and that particular moment um and so you know one day we're you know someone will figure it out or we'll partner with a company that or a tv station that is very passionate about you know, getting getting people on TV and all that stuff, whatever whatever the case may be, it, it'll happen someday because you're right. That is what ties it all together. Um, we just aren't there yet. Yeah, I mean, trust me, I know you do it all, and hopefully once COVID dies down eventually, um, I'm sure you'll have somebody who could potentially maybe come and help you out and give you that opportunity to do so. I just think, like I was telling KT, you know, the, the greatest thing about it was seeing everything come together, right? From the standpoint of myself as the GM and 
being part of Portland, to see all of us, KT, all of us were in the locker room together watching the game and the reactions and the 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 high moments and the low moments. I mean, it, it just, you feel so connected when you're in those situations on game day with each other that I'm like, man, imagine if, if I'm watching this for the first time, I'm seeing people's reactions at the same time. I see the investment in this. And it just gives a cool dynamic. Like I, like I tell people, the closest the NFL is going to get to it right now is due to COVID, right? I think the, the NBA does a really good job where they'll have, like, the people, like, kind of in the stands with the faces and stuff. Right. Um, I give it to that same kind of standpoint where you see faces, you see pe- real people behind it, um, and you see the real reactions and kind of see – it gives kind of like that uh, real – like the reality TV show feel, you know? where you kind of see the drama, you see the impact, you see the reactions. And to build real fans, I feel like that's something, too, that can kind of help everybody come together. But I know you'll eventually do it. I just have to ask, right, because it's an opportunity for me to do that. And you do such a job already. I don't want to ask for more. I'm just waiting for that. No, no. Like, hey, open, open, open season, then, you know, I'll be one of the first people to probably sign up because, the reactions and everything, I just were so crazy. And we were talking about how Mel Davis's voice cracked. So if Mel Davis is hearing this, I'm sorry that I brought up that that secret. But, you know, when Zeke made that touchdown, his voice cracked. I said, yeah, And uh, I think that would have been awesome for people to hear because that, that, that man puts in a lot of work. And uh, to hear his voice crack because of how much work he put in the offseason to have something – so spectacular happened, and it was a difference from last season to this season. Um, that was awesome to hear that, and, you know, that's kind of the stories of the SFL that go unheard uh, just because we don't all have access, access to everybody's um, locker room. But if we had something that everybody could see our live reactions, maybe that would give the closest interpretation of seeing how real live reactions would go. And uh, the compliment that my wife had told me, I forgot to mention it, was, um, she says, damn, this is good. So for my wife, who's not like my wife supports me, of course, a hundred percent in this and supports my wackiness with everything, um, has watched the game, but never really got in tune with it. Cause it, you know, whatever. But this time around, she literally came down the stairs and said, damn, that looks good. And I was like, man, nice. Sam is doing something here where every <laughs> single time it gets better and better and better. And I don't know how you keep on doing it, but there's some kind of magic on making these games look so realistic and so good that you get lost. And you, you don't, sometimes you don't even think you're watching a, a, a video game play out. And I think, again, that just speaks to how much everything's going on. And there was a couple reactions in the chat about how great everything was this 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 um, this week, and with um, your presentation as well as the presentation overall of everything. So I think everybody's pretty happy. I know KT had one question for you, Cam, before we let you uh, go back into the commission world and prevent fires from ever starting, and you know get ready for this upcoming weekend. Uh, Katie, what was that question that you had for uh, for the commission? Yeah, this question comes from 
Eddie Gage, uh, Eddie wants to know how much is your electricity bill every month? <laughs> yeah. It's not good. <laughs> I, I, it was, uh, um, it was like 50, 50 something outside, low fifties outside when, uh, when the games were happening on Saturday and, uh, I, um, you know, every, everything at that point was, was, was going. And that's, that's the great thing about conventions, right? You, you kind of see the setup and you just, Oh my gosh, you know, I mean, it's just, it's ludicrous. I love showing it off to people. Come look at my office. <laughs> it's just the dumbest, <laughs> craziest thing you've ever seen. And uh, everything's going, you know, and the Xboxes are going and all both computers are humming and it's all, you know, it's all happening in there. And, and Alexis came in and asked me if I, if I need any food, cause you basically take a daily supply in there, you know, before the day starts and just kind of, you know, once it's gone, it's gone. And if you need more, you need more, but, um, uh, it's, uh, uh, she, I, I said, no, I'm good. And she said, do you need anything else? And before she left the room, I said, can you turn on the fan? You know, it's like cold outside, but I mean, it was starting, it was starting to get, starting to get real hot in there in that second block. I think it was, uh, what would that have been? Um, Queen city, Fort worth when all that was winding down and we were getting into the Florida Lone Star stuff, it was, it was kind of like, Oh, it was getting kind of hot in here. Um, and, uh, that, that's the, that's the worst thing about the summer season. Ugh, when it's August and we're doing, I'm doing games in there. It's impossible. It's so difficult. So I'll always be, uh, I always have favoritism a little bit to the winter season just cause it's a little bit more comfortable to do all that stuff. It's high. Triple digits for sure, which is it shouldn't be a surprise, but um, yeah, it's it's a uh, it definitely sucks some power for sure. Yeah, well, I guess uh, <laughs> the sacrifices of putting in all that all that work to make it you know enjoyable for everybody. Um, I can only imagine. I would think you would probably invest in like some kind of. Uh, wind fan, or you know, when you go out into the super countries, you know they have that big old windmill. Uh, I, I would think you have something like that, or like a solar panel, or something of this sort to maybe save yourself on that energy uh, that you consume for it. But again, you know, uh, thank you again for being on the show, Cam. We definitely do appreciate it, man. You always give us some really good tidbits, always great things. Uh, before we let you go, though, is there anything else you want to share with the audience about uh, this upcoming week or things to expect or things that you want to share? Uh, the floor is yours. Sure, man. Well, thank, thanks for having me. Um, you know, thanks for the compliments, the shout-outs to all the teams and everything. Um, you know, w- without everybody else, I, we wouldn't even get to the point where I could tie it all together on the weekends. Um, so, you know, a huge shout out to everybody that, that helps get us to that point every week, including all the teams and the coaches and things like that. Um, I'm re- It, it was, yeah, there were a few issues, um, but they were so small in comparison. I mean, hell, everything stayed on, nothing froze. Like that's mm-hmm. just having that. There were no playbook problems or depth chart issues or anything like that. I mean, you throw all that stuff out and all the other stuff is small. Um, 
I the weekend was exciting. It was fun, and I can't wait to do it again. And uh, and and we'll hopefully put on another great show. Iron out the kinks. We've uh, Mike and I've planning to have some guests on. Um, they don't know this yet, but we'd like to have Bullet Boletsky on for uh, for Jacksonville and Florida. Um, we'd like to have Kendra Hall on um, after her big performance. She is returning to Atlanta. Um, this week um, after leaving there in free agency. So I uh, would like to have some, some uh, do some interviews for some halftime segments um, and, and things like that. So uh, looking forward to another great week and uh, y'all keep killing it. Chatting about the league. <laughs> appreciate it, Ken. Well, you have a wonderful night. Can't wait to see it this weekend. And we definitely do appreciate you, you know, calling in and, sharing some great information over this weekend. We appreciate it. Absolutely. You guys have a good night. Thanks, Kim. Great shows always. Uh, We went 90 minutes. We went 90 minutes today. Yeah, we did. You know, when Cam comes out uh, to bless the show, you got to give him all the respect in the world. And, um, you know, we definitely do appreciate him uh, sharing that. We appreciate everybody in the chat tonight, uh, looks like we have Bo uh, from Lone Star. And Lone Star, you know what? I, I don't know why it slipped my mind, but they did a really good job beating Florida, uh, a really good mm-hmm. team, and really showing what was possible. So that was pretty awesome. You know, Eddie Gage is in the chat today um, as well. So that's awesome. David Leathers was there. Uh, shout out to David Leathers as well. So I think, again, everybody that's listening tonight, I definitely do appreciate it. Uh, KT appreciates it. And you guys have a wonderful week. We'll see you on Friday for uh, Inside the League. Um, I'll see you then. Have a good night. <laughs>